This is the Bob McCowan Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Richard Deitz, John Shannon on a hump day, as our old pal McCowan would call it. And the World Series, what do you think, Richard? going to be over? I mean, uh, it was 10-0 in the third inning last night of game four. Rangers are now up three games to one. It's Nathan Avaldi versus Zach Gallen in game five. Done? Or are we going to get back to Arlington, Texas? If it was anybody but Gallen, I would say it's done. Um, so I, I, I sort of hold out a little bit of hope for maybe the D-backs winning tonight. I think the series, though, is done, John. I think the Rangers will win the World Series. I think, honestly, to me, it's just a question of a five or six at this point. And uh, I, I was joking with a friend of mine uh, last night at at ten nothing. I said it's this is going to be the World Series that no one remembers. Uh, <laughs> and 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 quite frankly, it, not many people have watched. I think that our friends at Fox have to be disappointed. I would suspect our friends at Sportsnet are disappointed that uh, the numbers just haven't been there because of of this matchup more than anything. Correct. Least watch World Series uh, on record and um, doesn't look like there's any catalyst to change that. A game seven, you know, would obviously dry interest just because always game sevens dry interest. But your overall thesis is correct. This, I think, 10, 15, 20 years from now will go down as probably the least remembered World Series ever. Well, we will talk baseball today and we will bring in our old pal from San Antonio, Texas, Mr. John Gibbons. I have no idea what we're going to talk about because nobody's talking about the world series but we will find something to talk about with john because we always can and he always delivers richard deitch john gibbons i'm john shannon this is the mccallum podcast hi this is bob mccallum for betrivers.com hey if you're looking for a sports book or casino app you should check out the bet rivers sports and casino app today play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. This is the McCowan Podcast. Richard in for Bob this week, joined by the manager, John Gibbons. San Antonio, Texas. The, the Texas, the home of baseball. How, who would have thunk that, huh? Oh, exactly, huh? It's, uh, how about the Rangers? Oof. You know what? Thank uh, Boach, man. Boach is giving us old timers, man, some uh, oh. smiles. Put it that way. Well, tell me you didn't turn it off at ten nothing. No, I didn't turn it on till ten nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I I happened to be scanning them channels, man. Oh, there's a baseball game. Let me check it out. <laughs> well, you know, Richard and I have talked about this all week. Is that it's the World Series? People will forget because they they haven't been watching anyway. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh, you get this too. You know, they, they always say the networks, there's certain teams they want in there, the big markets and all that. And, and uh, I guess there's something to that. 
<laughs> no, no, no. This, there is is their, a... this is their revenge. <laughs> yeah, no, there is this year. This is uh, it's the least watched World Series by a lot, and every game has been less watched. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see if uh, the clincher changes. But, you know, John, when you were coming out today, something I sort of wanted to run by you regarding the Rangers. They're um, – for so long, like, in baseball, like, the conventional discussion is, like, pitching and defense wins World Series. But I wonder if people are just going to start to sort of change that thinking because, like, it feels like what ultimately wins is, like, offense wins the World Series. And the Rangers are a great example of that. You know, again, they had a great bullpen in the postseason. They obviously, you know, Montgomery trade was awesome. But, like, this team is just basically bludgeoning everybody, and that's why they're on this run. So, I don't know. Do, like, do we got to start thinking a little bit maybe differently about, like, what maybe wins in the postseason these days? Well, you, you, you know, you got, you got a good point there, Richard. But if you, if you think about it, uh, Texas, one thing, and I was listening to somebody the other day even talking, they beefed up their defense. They improved their defense, you know, over the offseason. Or, or that was that was a focus anyway. And you look at it, they got a really good defense. And, you know, of course, then they went out and they tried, they tried to uh, add to their pitching staff, you know, uh, Baldy and some of those guys, and then they had some injuries. So that was that was kind of their their uh, their focus. But you're right. It's, it's they've been slugging their way to the, the top, you know, and, and uh, so that, and I look at it just the other way because I thought Arizona, you know, I I thought, you know, after that, I watched the first couple games and I thought, you know, Arizona has too much pitching for, mm-hmm. you know, for Texas. I really thought that, you know, with the starters and then even in their bullpen. And in Texas, you know, as, much, as good as their bullpen's been, there's always that, gosh, when's it going to collapse, you know, because they're, you know, they, they've struggled throughout the year. But, you know, it is. It's been a, it's been a slugfest. The teams that, that, that are winning. And then uh, I don't know if they're going to rethink it, uh, but because I, I think in order to get there, you know, you still have to have those key things. You got to have pitching in, in the defense. What the Blue Jays had this year, remember? Well, we'll get a to long that. Ago, we're, 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 no, we're, 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 yeah, feels like forever. Um, but I also thought that, and I think a lot of people did that. Oh, the, Texas would not be the same without Garcia. And uh, all, all of a sudden, I mean, that fir- the first three innings of, of game four were fireworks. Um, it, fascinating that they, they, they basically made the hard. He must be more hurt than people think because uh, to, to, to eliminate him completely from the rest of the series to me was that, that to me was very, uh, very cryptic. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw that, uh, yeah, you know, those uh, oblique. So, you know when guys get those, get those, I mean they're out, they're they're out for quite a while, you know. Um, so they must have figured there's there's no way that he could do that. But you know what? It's funny how they get they got that mojo going too. You know, and there's guys on the team that are going to step in, and and the big boys, you know, stepped up. Um, Simeon finally came came and cut loose a little bit. You know, he'd been so good, but he'd been you know uh, absent from the playoffs for the most part. Um, yet uh, that's when I saw that. I said, oh. But I think they got enough games under their belt, yeah. and then that win last night. Uh, Scherzer, I, I'm not so sure that's a big deal because Scherzer's been a question mark anyway. You know, he's getting old and he's uh, he hasn't been that effective. Let's say anyway. Well, we're not going to get to Game Seven anyway. I mean, it's no, not you're gonna, right. It's you're not right. going to get there, so right, he won't be well, effective. Hey, never say never. Never say shit. No, no, I, I, I know, I know. He, um. As a guy who lives in San Antonio, you see everything that goes on in Houston baseball wise. It's in 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 the in the Metroplex. Notice how the Metroplex—that's what they call Dallas, eh? the Metroplex. In the Metroplex. Uh, um, 
is there a would there have been a ton of pressure on the Rangers after all the success the Astros have had the last few years? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and plus, you see all the money they threw into that. You know, they uh, <laughs> heck they they had a beautiful stadium to begin with down there. And then they built that one to compete with Jerry's World over there with the Cowboys. So they got three big old uh, yeah, stadiums, just beautiful sitting there. And you know, the fact that the money they they shelled out to Simeon and Seager and those guys. Uh, you know, the, the pressure's really on them, you know. But I guess if, you, if, you, if you're an owner and you're worth a fortune and you got it's a toy for you, why not? But, yeah, Houston cut. If you look at it, Houston's been the uh, been the team in baseball, you know. I mean, you, you, they, this, the, they changed GMs, you know, but they, they still got that core. They changed managers, they, but they still got that core, the core group there and one owner that wants to win. So you, they're, they're the talk of baseball, really. Yeah, but they cheat. Well, well, yeah, I guess you. Well, I guess you'd say that. <laughs> no, I, don't, don't, well, I, I'm glad you didn't say that. You know, like everybody in Texas cheats, but uh, you know. I never said that. <laughs> I never well, I said, said I'm glad that. you didn't. Oh, I know. Just I mean, but the that that will be, uh, you know, that will be something that uh, a World Series champion can never live down. I mean, let's face well, it. Well, okay, okay. Well, if you want to stick that one, they, you could take that one away, but then they want another one. They get, yes, they I get know. Seven or eight years in a row, they get. I don't think they're still doing it. Yeah, this is, this is the, the thing with the Astros, and trust me, I have no sympathy for the Astros, but you got to admit, like, they, their their level of success and sustained success is unbelievable. And then John, like the, I said John, just to John Gibbons, not John Shannon. The, the thing is, like, they got to they gotta live with the fact that they got caught. And in some ways, John, the fact that people will always associate them with that scandal probably is unfair because i don't think you could win this long just off that one scandal you know what i'm saying like the organization is unbelievable but and they gotta own it because it's self-inflicted they're never gonna get the credit they probably truly deserve because of the scandal that they created that's how i look at the astros in the same way like if any like the patriots it's the same idea like to have sustained success for as long as they did happen in sports and it's not by accident. Like, like it's organizationally. So I respect a lot of things about the Astros, but then I just can't get past some of the other stuff. It's a weird. So I don't know. Like, if you're not in Houston, you just think of that team weirdly. I just got to be honest. No, you're right. That, that's that's a perception out there. But you but you look at how many times they've been to the World Series. They have, of course, they have won a ball. I mean, and that's. I mean. That's- that's that's so hard to do. That's basically yeah. a dynasty, you know. And then because uh, we we look around, the, you know, I can only speak from my time there with the Blue Jays, how hard it was to get in that first time, you know, and then try to do it again. And then, uh, but we didn't even get to the World Series, so it's uh, and it kind of goes back to the ninety two ninety three teams that won back to back. You know, Houston had a chance to do that, but they couldn't pull it off. But the fact that they're there year after year, there's they they there's not a letdown, or there's they, uh, but they got such a good core group of guys that are, are uh, good hard-nosed baseball players, you know. Uh, and you know what? It, I, I like their owner. I, I went for an in, I actually went for the uh, interview. I was there the day before Dusty came in town when he ended up getting the job. Yeah, yeah uh, A.J. Hintz, their manager, you know, he he'd, uh, he got fired and all that, but he was tight with, uh, you know, Crane. And he called me, and I was working for the Braves. He said, you, you, you want to come down and interview for this job? I said, I'd love to. I said, but I don't like the circumstances. My buddy, he goes, don't worry about that. I said, I'm, I'm going to give your name to Craig. So I was in Atlanta when I was working with the Braves at a scouting meeting. 
Mm-hmm. And Crane Crane called me and said, "Did you want to come down here?" And so I told him, "We well, got to talk to Anthopoulos." And so they so I flew out the next day, went down there. Listen, he didn't have a GM because the GM Ludenow got fired too. Right. So I spent I spent four hours with uh, Crane. He's had this he owns this restaurant right around the corner from the stadium. I sat there for four hours with him. You know, all he did was talk about himself, man. I just kept feeding him. You know, and I said, "This is great." You know? <laughs> Can I? Well, so when you're in, when you're uh, when you're in an interview with a billionaire. One, I hope he picks up the check. And two, like, yeah. what do you what do you order? Do you go big or do you try to be like, ah, I don't want this guy to think I'm like gonna eat everything off his plate. <laughs> so you order like a cheeseburger and fries. Like, what do you do in that situation? Well, remember, we're known as a conservative state down here, so I didn't want to right. overdo it, you know. <laughs> but I was I was waiting to see if he was gonna ask me if I was paying for it. You know, that would have been a big. Oh. But then, you know, I I left that interview feeling great, but I think usually most people do. But, then the next day, Dusty came in, and, and it turned out to be the perfect guy. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, if if Dusty Baker's available, it's just hard to, like, top that guy. He's just got the perfect constitution yeah. to deal with people, you know? I was, I was going to say, yeah. Richard, your, your thought about all the uh, stigma that goes around the Astros, Dusty Baker has diffused a lot of that. Uh, yeah, the perfect the, guy. And, 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 I mean, with you know, when the focus, if you recall, when the Astros won that world series the focus wasn't on the astros winning the series is dusty finally won his and that is so it was it was a as much as i would have loved to see john gibbons in that you know and and lots of stories no it you know what's interesting is uh and john gibbons can speak to this too obviously because he's always had a good relationship with the media um the hiring of Dusty was really, really important just because, like, it changes, John, the, the like, the whole uh, narrative of the team where, like, a lot of people, like, were writing about the scandal and understandably. But then Dusty comes in. People really like Dusty. They want to see him win. He's very yeah. good with the press. He's got a lot of friends and who are baseball writers. Right. I don't know if Crane intentionally did that, but it turned out to be, like, again, I don't think you could have hired somebody better because Dusty right. changed, like, the whole story. Yeah, that and COVID. That's that's you know. Remember, and COVID, COVID came along, yeah. and, and nobody cared about baseball, you know. And, and then, uh, yeah. uh, but but it, uh, yeah, you know, you couldn't have found a better guy than Dusty, right? Yeah, he, you know, he's uh, he's got he's got that knack, you know. He's just he's just a good dude. I, you know, I've, I've spoken to him a couple of times, not a lot, but you can just tell, you know, that's, there's a reason people like him, right? You know, same uh, thing. Bochi Bochi in the same boat. I mean, I'm not suggesting. Oh yeah, had this. I mean, I, I saw an interview with Bruce before the World Series started, and he's talking about sat at home for three years. Sat at home for three years after managing three World Series champions and and couldn't – I know maybe he didn't apply for jobs. Maybe he didn't think he had to apply for jobs, but nobody offered him a job in three years, and he basically comes out of retirement to to do this with the Rangers. What And what has he done, John? Oh, well, you know what? Guys just love playing for him. You know, he's just a good, smart baseball guy. He doesn't overdo it. He doesn't overthink it. And he's got and he's gets the most out of his guys. And he's always had good players. I mean, there's there's a, there's also a, a common denominator in these guys that if they're really successful, they got good teams. You know, I mean, there's you know, there's not many guys that are winning any winning a lot. Of yeah, but with but them. managers can screw up teams too. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Exactly. That's the key. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I was uh, I was talking to Cito. This was I was up there for that Batista uh, ceremony. Oh, yeah. That was when you got a bigger ovation than Batista, and it drove everybody nuts. <laughs> that doesn't surprise you. That surprised you. 
No, I've been with you. I've been you with you we this country. Oh, I thought we were back in Texas. That's right. <laughs> no, but I, I was talking to Cito, and we were talking about those two years, and he he he, he, he kind of opened up a little bit, and he was talking about, well, you know, everybody says, well, you had all this talent. I said, yeah, but and there's never been a team out there that's won it that wasn't talented. I, but I told him the same thing you just said. I said, but you didn't screw it up, did you? You, you know what? They got they won back to back. You're doing something right. So that, that that's a, there's a lot to that, you know. To get it, sometimes you got to get out of the way, and that's what I think Bochy brings. He's, you know, he's a smart baseball guy, but he knows when. I was I was reading something the other day too, where he, you know, he doesn't even, he doesn't hang out in the clubhouse. You know, a lot of these guys nowadays are like one of the boys, or they, they think the, the psychologist will tell you whether well, you gotta you know you gotta mingle or something, whatever. But I he they don't they don't even see him much during the day. You know, and, and he lets them do their thing. It's their team. And he just comes out there and runs the show. And he's instant respect, no doubt about it, you know, winning those three titles. But he, he's also one of the good guys, you know. I, I, I just find his storyline is just, to me, one of the great simple storylines of this series. Not that there are many, but just because I don't think that people are, I think they're disappointed that there isn't a big club in the, in the, uh, in the World Series and, I'll be honest. I think the baseball playoffs are awfully long right now. Awfully long. Yeah. You, hey, you know, know you know another thing. I think Bochy said the other day. He said he, he knew he needed to get back in. I guess he, he does a lot of fish. He lives in Nashville, so and he, he kept catching this fish, and it had the same hook in its mouth. And he said, <laughs> "So when I kept catching the same fish over and over, I figured I better get back to work or something." <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, wow, that's that. What, and what about the other day, Tori Lavello? Do you know Tori? A little bit, you know, because he, he was uh, well, he was the bench coach in Toronto when John Farrell was there, right? Okay. And, uh, then I came in, and then he went to Boston with Farrell. Uh, I've always heard a good guy too, you know. Uh, obviously, obviously, he's more analytic driven than uh, Boach is. There's no doubt about it. Um, but you know, they, he's got he's got a he's got a great team to manage, you know, because they they can do a lot of things. They're young, they're athletic, you know. He's got great pitching and all that, and they they shock the baseball world a bit, but they. Funny how this works sometimes. Remember when Atlanta two years ago when they won it all? I think they went into August and they were like five hundred, right? Five hundred team. Then then Alex made some trades and then they win it all. They had a, almost a month and a half, two month stretch Arizona this year after the All Star break. I think it was where they just I mean they were bad, right? I mean yeah. they, they their record was horrendous, but then they regrouped, got hot at the right time. You know that's the way it is sometimes. You like the uh, you like the playoff format. You like the extra the, the extra teams in. Uh, yes and no. Uh, if you're a manager, you like it, right? Yeah, yeah. It gives you obviously more opportunities. It's like the other sports, you know, more teams in. But it takes away a little bit from well, you know what? Like uh, let's say the Braves, Dodgers, whoever. You run away with your division. You have the big year. Now you got to still got to run the gauntlet, you know. It's not like you you win one series, you're going to the World Series. You know? Well, and the other part of that is, is that those teams that won divisions, and and this is something that you could probably speak to better than than us is is when you're playing baseball every day, and you have, have an off day maybe once a week, to have five or six days off, does that throw you off that much? You know, it's hard. It's hard to say. Definitively, you know, but there's no question because we just, yeah, like you said, a lot of times you'll see teams even like the All Star break, they have uh, three or four days off, you know, they come back and they're sluggish and they yeah. can't, you know, their body. And uh, so even after just a day off, it does, it, you, you feel a little bit different. And it's such a, in a tightened sport. Um, yeah, but you can't, you can't make that as an excuse because, uh, you know, 
No, but it, but it, so, so the, the, my point is, is that a, a team like the Braves or, or or the Dodgers, they get rewarded for winning their division, and their reward is something that really most baseball people wouldn't want, which is rest. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, uh, but but it, but it benefits the whole the whole game though when you get more teams in there. I think there's no crying in baseball. We quit crying. We're crying out loud. <laughs> Yeah, down there in Atlanta, they must Atlanta man. They, you know, they two great years. They get thumped by the Phillies in the first round in the last two years, man. I'm, I'm, like, to look like I was going to say, I'm, Braves, I'm glad that, I'm glad that Alex did win the World Series because it would that phrase "same old Braves" would have jumped up and bit him too many times when you consider how many. What they go? They won 12, 13, 13 divisions and only won one World Series. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they better start doing something down there because they won one World Series and they've been thumped in the first round by the Phillies the last two yeah. years. Well, the Phillies are a pretty good team, though. I mean, when you look at that lineup, I'm I'm still shocked that they lost to Arizona. Well, yeah, you said look at that lineup. Atlanta, the people were talking about the greatest lineup of all time. Yeah, that both those teams can hit. Yeah. How oh, about, yeah. Do you, um, I don't know, like – I'll just sort of ask you because I haven't spoken to you since this happened. Sort of a, like a general question, but like you're a Blue Jays fan, man. The end of the season is just was. I mean, it's you know, in some ways, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but sometimes it like as a fan, it may even feel better to go like seventy and ninety two because you kind of know you're out of it forever, and like you don't got to get your hopes up. But this year, like, was just a frustrating year for the Blue Jays, and then the way it ended, man, was just brutal, and um. You know, we had we heard Ross and we heard Mark and we heard the 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 end of season stuff weren't really particularly convincing. But uh, what's your just overall thought on the team right now? Because I think if you talk to a Blue Jays fan, it was just not it, for a team that made the playoffs. Man, it was just not a fun year. Well, you know, Richard, you look at okay how this year ended, right? But go back a year, the year before, in the second game of the wild card, they had a big lead and in, in that they they blew that, right? Yep. So now, so that didn't. That frustrated people, and then you come back and the same thing happened. This, this was a little more self-inflicted, possibly. Yes. This year, so that's that's two in a row. You know, and it, it almost wipes out the fact that well, they, you know, they're, they're getting to the postseason every year. People lose sight of that, which is you know a pretty pretty good accomplishment. But I, what I think they need to do is you know they need to add a little, obviously a little more offense. I think that's that stood out. Uh, um, but we'll see. But I, I don't know how many ever who's actually available out there that they they can get. Uh, but I think that would do wonders. But bottom line, if you, to be fair to them, is, is you know they've what they they got in uh, they got in in twenty, you know that abbreviated yep. season. They, I think Tampa swept them, and then they won ninety one games and missed out. Then they've been there the last two years, so they're getting there. Now they just got to do something to uh, get get over the top a little bit. Less how do you uh, how do you you know it, it seems very clear because the Blue Jays have given the indications that he's not coming back but how do you, how do you evaluate Matt Chapman who um you know gave them for the years that he's been here phenomenal defense you know arguably the best third baseman second you know maybe Beltre is the best third baseman defensively but he really had a bad year I mean just he did not have the year he thought he would have at the plate as a guy, as a guy heading into free agency and so um it seems by all indications that they're not going to resign him but I you know you do hope the front office is thinking like like I like BGO and some of these other guys, but like you know, that's a downgrade. That's a downgrade defensively, unquestionably. And 
you know, Bijo's never been a guy who's played 160 games. And so, um, I don't know. How do you, you know, that it, it seems like we're going to get a new third baseman in Toronto, but that's that's an interesting one to me. Well, you, you look at the start he had. I think he was the player of the month in baseball. Well, he was Mr. April. April. Yeah, yeah so everybody's thinking, okay, guy, he's going to have a monster here going into the agency. And, and, uh, and, and then, yeah, then he, then he struggled. Then he went through a lot of ups and downs. But all right, well, uh, which side are you on? Everybody says, well, we we had we didn't have enough offense this year. We had too much deep. We had plenty of defense. We didn't have any. Maybe if throw Biggio in there or somebody else, they give you a little more offense. Maybe not quite the defense, you know. Uh, uh, and then of course you got Davis Schneider. You know, you, I'd like to see him. You know, I think, be, I think he's your starting game. Yeah, yeah. And then you can put Biggio over there, or go out and get somebody else, or. They'll figure out some. They'll put one thing you can count on. They're going to put a good team out there next year. You know, they got they, they got the good pitching. They got the good bullpen. Um, we'll see. But I mean, I, you know, not I don't necessarily disagree with Richard, but I mean, they should have better offense, even with the people they have. That's the I mean, like like Vladimir yeah. Guerrero has to be better. Vladimir, no Vladimir Guerrero. I mean, it, well, I think he led the team with twenty six home runs this year. That's that's not enough. That's not good enough. And you know what's amazing too, in that in that ballpark, it has always been known as one of the best home run up ballparks in in the league, right? You know, I said they benefited us when I was there, you know, over and over and over. And then it was like the, the, the wasn't going anywhere or something, you know. I, I don't know what the ratio was or the with visiting teams did they did they were their home run numbers down? The they, 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 it's interesting because uh, Ross and Mark both said that new design of the ballpark they thought would be you know offensively friendly and the numbers this year did not back that up so you know they're saying we need a couple more years of data but i'm with you like if you look at the dimensions of the ballpark and then you look at the players they have they should have scored a ton more runs but it didn't happen but they sold more beer yes they did yeah <laughs> <laughs> see but that's one of those things you, you know you in the stadium and you're looking at what well, the stadium was different Really, that that shouldn't have been that big a factor, you know. I mean, because these guys, you know, these big strong dudes, you know. And and uh, but there's no doubt, Vladdy Jr. had a, had a down year in uh, yeah. you know mentally and and offensively uh, a time or two. But you know what? He set the bar so high right coming out of the gates, man. When he got there, you know. Or or, or we set it for him, you know. That that's part of this too. I mean, the the amount of pressure for young stars to play in uh in this market you know we we kind of over inflate them sometimes you know there are guys yeah, that, but that's, and some that's, that's a reality i know right but but it's good you, you be people get excited over guys you know and, and uh it'd be nice to be one of those guys that everybody gets so excited over you know yeah hey before before we go to just uh, it's something that uh, totally unrelated did wait, as did you want the roof open or closed Oh, it didn't matter to me during the summer. The, I don't think I've ever had be, be, uh, nicer summers than you get in Toronto, right? No, I know, but that doesn't necessarily, you know. I Paul, Paul, I think Paul wanted Paul Beeston wanted the the roof closed all the time. Beeston, okay. Well, but no, my my point is that when it's cold or you know beginning of the season, where they, you definitely want it closed. I mean, because yes. you want you want to be able to sweat. But I, I can remember R. A. Dickey, you know, the knuckleballer. Uh, you know, used to complain all the time. You know, when he was struggling, obviously. No, I, I want the I want the roof closed. You know, blah 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 blah. We said, well, you won the Cy Young the year before pitching in an uh, open air stadium. We can't use that as an excuse. Let's go. <laughs> you know? yeah, no, I, 
I just I wondered I just wondered when you talk about the ball flying out whether it flew better when the roof was closed or the roof was open. Well, I tell you this: when it's been closed all winter, I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I, it sure seemed like it to me. When the thing's been closed all winter long, right? You get you, you you get to the start of the season, that ball's flying, man. And then when then when I mean, just you're really going. And there may not even that might just been my mind. But then when they start opening, you know, to test it and all that, and uh, opening and closing, it didn't seem to go as much or, or as or as far. But but I, I will say this: I think it goes. It, it, with, with it closed, the ball jumps better. Yeah, I, I that would be I, my uneducated guess. No, but yeah, but and they wouldn't. When you were the manager, they wouldn't come to you and say, "Hey, listen, we're we're, we're, we're a little iffy. Do you want the roof open or closed today?" Would they come to you? No, you know, they brought it to me a couple times. Uh, Beast it, was Beast making that. Call Lots of oh, that, there's uh, and, he, and he'll deny it, but we know that Beast was making those calls a few times. Yeah, well, I remember Halliday. When he was pitching there, when I when I was there, a couple of times he he, want, he liked to close because he wants to sweat. You know, you get the moisture on your fingers a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, uh, but that's early in the season when it was cool out. I want to, yeah. You Canadians are tougher than us down here, though. But so you know, like a uh, a, a cool mild night in uh, May <laughs> is warm to you, man. We're freezing for crying out loud. Well, yeah, you know, but now you, you uh, but uh, you know, now the good stuff comes for you in November, December when it's freezing here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, let's trade off. All right. We're with John Gibbons, Richard Deitch, John Shannon, the McCowan Podcast, back after this. Welcome back to the McCowan Podcast. John Gibbons from San Antonio, Texas. Has you been to a basketball game yet? You see, what's his name? Wimbayama. Wimbayama. Come on. You haven't no, been yet? No, no. I haven't. I don't, you know, I used to go to Spurs games when I was younger or, or somebody – yeah, I got free tickets, and free tickets. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I fell, I fell in line like everybody. But no, I haven't done that, you know. But it, there's a perfect example of this sports tank, and they tanked last year to get this guy. Great so move, be good. He's yeah. good. No, he, he, uh, uh, one you should get on the bandwagon here early because he's going to be great. And yesterday, um, the Spurs had a great comeback against the Suns and Kevin Durant, so they won a big game yesterday, which was sort of a little bit of a coming out party for Wembenyama. So that's all right. Get, get on this one early, John. He's going to be good. Oh, gosh, he better be. I mean, what's he, seven, seven, nine? Seven, <laughs> I, seven like almost five, seven, but he's seven, like four, a guard. Right? He plays yeah, like a guard. Hey, how about the guy, though, for the Nuggets, man? He Jokic, the yeah, he's, he's, a, a he's a unicorn, too. Another dude. Oh, my gosh. And then, yeah. And neither are, guy, neither are American. What is going on? No. What had this used oh, to, basketball used to be your sport, John? Mine? <laughs> America's sport. I'm a five eleven white guy, but mine and I, they, <laughs> they couldn't shoot. It ain't much. This, it's the uh ni- the ninety-two uh the ninety-two dream team. They brought basketball to the world and then the world took it over, right? That, that's exactly and, right. And, and, exactly. But you, well, you know the you know the guys that all come from foreign countries, man. They're just they're they're good fundamental skilled. You know the the uh, the U.S. style of play just turned it an all out free for all. It seems like, but they, then it just goes back to the basic fundamentals. Guys can shoot, pass, rebound, block out, whatever. Right? Is that the same in baseball? That. The fundamentals of the Latins better than the fundamentals of the Americans? What is because when you look at who the guys that are have dominated the playoffs, when you look at Marte and you look at Garcia until he got hurt, boy, oh boy, oh boy, there are some great great athletes playing baseball now, but. A lot of them coming from Latin America. Yeah, well, I, I think it's 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 where or what organization you come up with. You know, the, in, 
I, th I think teams have gotten away from that. The fundamentals, it's, it's just basically go out there and let it rip and then see how many home runs you can hit. It's either home runs or strikeouts, right? But I, but I think if you come up with an organization that stresses that, and, and I've been in different organizations, and they, you know, some some emphasize it more. Um, but there's there's no question you get so a lot of these Latin players are just great athletes. But I can remember when Jose Reyes, right, was with us. In, the, in 15, you know, he'd gotten older. He couldn't move anymore. The balls were just rolling through the infield, you know. So I, so I think the key to that season was picking up Tulowitzki. Right. Because he, he, he just changed the whole dynamic of our defense. Right. But I, but, but in Reyes' case, coming up with the Mets, he was such a, a great athlete. He could do things that guys couldn't do, but he, he wasn't fundamentally sound. You know, he, he, he just, he could he'd go get it and he'd catch it and throw it, whatever. So as he got older, the fundamentals got exposed because, you know, he wasn't sound that way. That, that was a part of the, the problem there where Tula Whiskey comes in and he's like, you know, these old time shortstops, they do everything. Right. So you know, Other than the, uh, I was just going to say like what John's saying there is that like, so if you can combine a guy with all time athleticism and all time fundamentals, let's say like LeBron James, then you have an all timer because as you age, right. Yeah. You're so great. Anyway, that whatever you lose physically, you could probably overcome through basketball IQ. And, you know, and I'm sure, yeah. I don't know what the baseball equivalent is. I'm sure you guys might have come up with, but like, yeah, that's like, to me, really, it, you know, like, like uh, Verlander, you know, like he's still, obviously he's still pretty good athletic specimen. He's not what he was when he was with the Tigers in his twenties, but the guy is, he's fundamentally sound. He's got a great arm. Yeah, great mechanics. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Bryce like Harper's like that. Bryce Bra 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 Harper. He'll be like, when you look, when you look at bright, when you look at bright, Bryce Harper, although, I mean, let's face it, it took a longer time. I when, when Harper came up in Washington and Trout came up in Anaheim, that was supposed to be the competition. Who was the best, who was going to be the best player of the game at the time. And it's take, it, it's taken Harper. He's had more of an impact, but he also went and played for a team that actually got to the world series and got to the playoffs. And I Mike would Trout say that never, never yeah, done no. that. No offense to Trout, he's a great player, obviously, and a little more injury prone than Bryce. You know, Bryce, Bryce played Bryce played in markets, man, where it's hard. Like Philadelphia, yeah. it's a hard market to play in. Like every pitch they evaluate you. And like Trout's not dealing with that on a daily basis. So I'm actually more impressed by Bryce because like if you can win, and like John knows this as a former Met, like New York and Philly and Boston, like that, those are tough places to play baseball. Like they care about you and they will let you know where I feel sometimes you could sort of just stroll around and in, in, in Anaheim and in right in Kansas city. They just don't care. I mean, I hate to say it. They just don't care as much. No, they don't. It's East coast, West coast. There's a, there's a big, big difference, yeah. you know, in, in, uh, yeah, the, the East coast have been the rabbit fans out there, you know, right. You? Billy, yeah, you got, Billy, yeah. Did you, uh, I don't know how many games you were in Philly, John, but, uh, you know, they always talk about like uh, the football players in particular, like the crowd will let you know, like everything about you. Oh, it's rough. Hey, when I, I can remember, you know, I, I went many a uh, uh, road trip to, to the vet, you know, in Air Philly. And I can remember, uh, I, I was always in the bullpen, right? Looking at, but there was, you know, the, in the vet, you know, you always during the game four or five times, you hear this ruckus, right? Next thing you know, there's big, all these brawls up in the, uh, upper deck it didn't have to be in the upper deck and the cops go up and they're dragging these guys down these concrete steps and they they, they got a jail cell there at, at the old vet anyway yeah and they throw these guys in jail but but the Mets fans would come down and then be fighting with the Phillies fans and 
but I mean, ruthless, you know, ruthless. it's just miserable people. <laughs> you, you never got to see the judge in the jail cell in Philly, did you? No, 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 no. Okay. No. But, no, that but, was, but I, but I was in the bullpen at Shea Stadium. Shea, much different. And this guy walks down and comes in the bullpen. In in the we're sitting there, right? We we had a TV where you could see the game going on. And there's two rows of uh, benches, and I'm sitting in the first row. And Randy, you guys remember Randy Myers? You know, Randy was Randy pitched Toronto a little nutty too. And you hear this commotion behind it. We had the, we had this retired New York City cop. And they used to wear the, you know the steel toe boots and all. But this guy walks up and he's carrying this uh, just this duffel bag. And we're not we're watching the game on the front row, and the next thing you know, you hear this this scuffling going on. Randy Myers has this guy on his back on the ground <laughs> in the in the uh in the cop cops over there just kicking the crap out of this guy. <laughs> anyway, so the other cops came down there. He somehow got underneath and you could walk around the whole stadium underneath, but and, and he got in his bag and he had a big old bowie knife in there. He had lithium. They just been let out of a you know mental place. And, and uh, but somehow he got down there and he said something to Myers. Randy body slid him, and then the old cop man was just wet. <laughs> so that I was up close to that. I didn't go to jail though. I got. It's good. I got to ask. I have to ask. Uh, I got to ask. Not John for that. No, not for that one. Right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I got to ask. Uh, I got to ask John Gibbons this as a uh, you know someone who grew up in New York. So, John, when you played, and I, I went to say many times as a kid, when you were there, like, the planes, right, used to fly over the stadium. Like, they, they have changed that now. They don't route the planes over she, uh, it's not City, City Field, City LaGuardia, Park. right? But when you were there, like, how loud was it? Because I remember as a kid sitting in the upper deck, and I would, like, go to my folks, like, how, how are these planes, like, so close to a stadium? So what was it like? Like, you used to hear it, right, as a player, for sure. Oh, yeah. I think 9-11 might have something to do with that, too. But yeah. You know, yeah. you know what? But our own, the team hotel, first in 1984, I made the team. And then when we got to Shade, uh, we started out on the road. We got to Shade. But our team hotel was this little, this little Sheraton right across the street from Yeah, Guardia, I stayed right? there. Have you? Yeah. Okay. And so every morning you wake up, to, you know, Jets taking off to begin with. And, uh, and but my first day going to the ballpark for opening day in 84, I go out and there's like three or four cars up on blocks. And people, people have broken into them overnight. And I'm going, you know, I saw the movie as a kid, Escape from New York. I said, now I'm living it, you know. <laughs> so, and uh, plus the cops were there for the room next door to us the night before something happened. Anyway, anyway I'm going, well, where am I? But then, yeah, then you go to the ballpark. And you know it's all—it was always windy, trash flying everywhere, and there's oh. the jets. And you're going, I said, this, this is, you know, this is, this is crazy. See, because we're just down here in this mellow little state down here in Texas. You know, I wasn't used to that. Coaching yeah, because in Texas, <laughs> if you didn't like where the stadium was, you just build another one. Build yeah. another one, man. Go get some oil money and build another one, just like out there in Alberta. <laughs> That's, that's, that's right. That's, Alberta that's, is the Texas of Canada. Oh, yeah, all right. Richard, you should have seen it. it was like it was like he was at home driving from San Antonio to El Paso. I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, he was he was he was Mr. Uh, Texas in Alberta, and they they thought he was a a, a, lo a local son. You know, that's what he did. You know, it was amazing. Well, I, I would love to live in, uh, amongst them folks, but hey. Hey, hey, John was the John was the show. Come on, let's not get our show. <laughs> well, when in doubt, talk. Listen, learn. Well, you have to learn one thing about our country. When in doubt, talk. <laughs> yeah, but out there you talk all oh, black gold. Black, that, that's right. Yeah, well, and those those people are like Texans too. They got more money than all of us combined, and they don't yeah, tell any. And they don't tell anybody. 
No, they live a simple life. They spread it around, and you know what? They're just good, hard-nosed people. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> talking about your time with the Mets and talking about great athletes, who was the best player you played with that you said, oh, man, if I had had his body? <laughs> his body? Because I know – <laughs> Because I know your body. So oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, well, by far the, the best athlete was Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, you know, yeah. Daryl was six six, you know, and like a, th- a thoroughbred, right? And he could could do it all. You know, of course, you know, he went through some, you know, some crazy times in his life. But uh, yeah, he was and good. Good was the same way. You know, he wasn't a position player, but you you want great athletes, and they're both big guys. You know, both should have been in the Hall of Fame. Um, best best probably all around baseball player, uh, Lenny Dykstra. You know, Len, Len, wow. Lenny was like the leadoff. Len, Lenny was just a complete player. You know, he, he was at, uh, he just made things happen. He knew the leadoff role. He could hit some power. He got on the juice, obviously. That didn't hurt him. But yep. um, um, as far as playing the uh, the skill game or, or what yep. his role was, Lenny Lenny was probably the top there. But they had, they had some good ones. They had Wally Bagman. Keith Hernandez was an incredible hitter. Um, yes, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't get to play with a lot of those guys. I got to watch them. <laughs> they were they were they were they were a pretty special group. Now they were a wild bunch, there's no doubt. But as far as playing the game to win every day, fighting each other, but you know, in game time, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's amazing that it, that it is. You know, the '86 team is still beloved in New York. That's an inc- that's incredible. Forty oh, isn't it? later, people love. Them. You know what I always think, John? Like the great players of the '80s, I think have not gotten credit that they deserve, you know, it's the pre like juice ball. Era. So like, I'll give you an example, like guys like Lou Whitaker, you know, like uh, Alan Trammell, Brett, whoever Schmidt, Dale Murphy, some of those guys are in the hall of fame, but some are not. And like, I feel like those, the, the great players of the, particularly like the early eighties really in some ways get screwed because the numbers like became so crazy in the nineties that if you look at like Lou Whitaker or something like that, or Trammell, it doesn't look as great. Well, that Detroit team of '84 was that Detroit team of '84 was special. Frank Frank White. There's so many guys in the '80s who I think yeah. the one that really bothers me is two that bother me are Dale Murphy and Lou Whitaker, who to me are Hall of Famers, but they don't they're not in because the numbers are compared to the '90s and 2000s guys, which are not fair fair to Dale Murphy and Lou Whitaker. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, you know what? You know, baseball has always been a difficult Hall of Fame to get into to begin with. You know, they uh, or seems like it anyway. Uh, but you're right. I, I, you know, and as far as guys that, you know, uh, steroid guys era, I would put those guys in the Hall of Fame, but I'd put it on their on their plaque. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 exactly. But you know what? Because there's guys in there that did did steroids that, that the media loved, or they never got got to a thing. That's a guarantee, right? I agree. And the, I'd even put Pete Rose in there. I was going to say that was my next question. So would I? But you, yeah, but they, they put it the asterisk and say, you know what, he got caught doing blah 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 blah, because it's not it's not for choir boys. There's a lot of a lot of guys in there that, uh, but it's for baseball accomplishment. But if there's any doubt about you or or something that's proven, you know, um, you know yeah, make I, I think it'd, it'd be so much more honest. First of all, nobody in today's era knows like what Ty Cobb did and all this other stuff. So you can there's no there's not quite like John said it's not choir boys, and with all respect. OJ Simpson's in the NFL Hall of Fame. So, like, yeah, you know, I mean, like, I always think it's hip- it's hypocritical of sports people to sort of separate the outside what you do outside. I mean, one guy, let's be honest, like murdered two people. He's still in the in NFL Hall of Fame. So it's a little silly to keep some of these other guys out because they 
committed baseball infractions. And I'm with John Gibbons. Just put the stats in and then mm. have a plaque that says below, you know, this guy sort of was found to do this. And then if the players don't want to appear at the ceremony, that's their choice. They don't have to. And that's exactly. not, that's a more honest museum to me. Yeah, because like I said, there's guys that did steroids that got in, but they're viewed solely differently. So, so you really have no way of proving exactly who did what who didn't. Exactly. So if if your numbers indicate that you know, even like Barry Bonds, right? As much as a lot of people detest him, and I'm not a huge fan of sir, but he was he was he was going to go in the Hall of Fame anyway. Exactly. You just, that, that, same thing it, with Alex Rodriguez, yeah, don't you think? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, uh, so it's it's hard. I don't know how you can pick and choose who you want to punish and, and not. Because you like them better, or something, you know. Well, it's funny it, though, Alex Rodriguez. Alex, Alex went from a, like a pariah in the game. Didn't he sue Major League Baseball and all that? He did. Yeah. And now, now he's like he's now an ambassador. He's like the now he's the poster boy of Major League Baseball. It's like, that, but that's kind of typical of the world we, we're in right now, uh, anyway. Uh, you know? Listen, I'm a New Yorker. I'm not going to get into politics here, but there are people who they're what they were in the '90s and what they are now is rather surprising to a good Catholic Guys, and by the way, speaking of Hall of Fame, uh, and you mentioned his name earlier, um, it's about time Cito Gaston got in the Hall of Fame for what yes. he did. You know, he's up for that vote, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you, you know, I don't know how you, uh, how, how do you judge how you put a manager in there, right? You know, they they say like. Terry Francona is a lot. You don't screw it up because you don't screw yeah. it up. <laughs> you know, Bobby Cox is in there, but Bobby Cox got one championship. Uh, Francona's got two. Uh, Davey Johnson's up for vote. He's got one. Cito's got two, right? And so I, I think that's, I guess you could look at overall record and the length of time they did it, but the only way to really choose to judge it is uh, based on championships. You can't say, well, this guy had a better team. He's not as good as manager. That's all, that's all how you want to view it, right? That's uh, your opinion. He's got two championships. How many guys can say that? You know, and uh, I, I, yeah, you got to put him in if you want to be. Hey, Dusty Baker's going in, and he's got one, right? Yeah. If Cito, well, if, if, if John, if uh, John Shannon, if Cito was the manager in another sport, he'd be in because they look at it like John is saying that like championships are the different differentiator, and once you get past one, that you're looking you know, on yeah. most other sports, you looked at differently. I, I, yeah. I don't disagree with you. I also think, and and Gibby, you can talk to this. I I think that if Cito Gaston had been the manager of the Cleveland Indians and won two, or the Philadelphia Phillies and won two, or the Kansas City Royals and won two, not the Toronto Blue Jays, I think there would be a lot more recognition for him as a manager of an American team rather than, rather than the team in Canada. Or if he's like the uh, head coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Or the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> if he if he was the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, John, and won two championships, they would name subdivisions, streets, buildings, bridges, everything after Cito, and he'd be in the Hall of Fame before he retired. Hey, I, I, I agree. I agree. The NBA okay. has like Chuck Daly, perfect example. Like there are guys who are in the Hall of Fame from the NBA who have won two titles. That's it. Yeah. And so, like, that to me, like, I feel like, you know, you, you can sort of say, not that it's luck, but you can maybe say, okay, somebody wins one, they had the best team, like, it sort of all fell together. But two is, that's not luck when, when you win the second one to me. Like, there's you're doing something there, and that's what I put them into. 
Yeah, it's like, what's the criteria? You know, the, me, no. the media likes you better or something? You, you think it's, it's just a, it's a group other? of people making well, decisions. Well, it's, it's not necessarily the media for the Baseball Hall yeah, of Fame. It's also the inductees that are still part of the voting process yeah. and the writers. And, I mean, there's it, 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 in many ways, it's the most transparent Hall of Fame to get into, but the most difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Would you uh, would you would you put a manager in if he never won a World Series? Maybe, depending on. Let's say if the guy like went to the playoffs. Let's say like I don't know, fifteen out of his twenty years. I well, think except that... I I think a Hall of Fame is for the for the, for the best, not for the Hall of Very Good. You know, I I, I want greatness. I want. I mean, I, I have this argument all the time about the Hockey Hall of Fame. I I do think that it's important to have won championships or Olympic gold. To get but the hockey, hockey hall of fame, you the hockey hall. Of, I'm not sure everybody in the hockey hall of fame is falls into great, right? They, I agree. They, I, they, I I am Richard. I am with you. Okay. That that is the that's that's the problem with the hockey hall of fame. Right. Sometimes it's the hockey hall of very, very good. That's 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 sort of the the knock on basketball too. Is that there's a little too many very goods as opposed to the greats. Yeah. Yeah. NFL the same way. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it should be hard. It should be as hard to get into a Hall of Fame as it is to win a championship. I agree, but if John, if we're going to be honest, I've seen some people in the sports broadcasting Hall of Fame, and trust me, they're not Hall of Famers. So you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that means you just lasted long enough. It becomes the Hall of Longevity. That's all. <laughs> they just had to shut you up, you know. That's they right. Shut them up. We elect him. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? Hey, Gibby, you're always going to be in our Hall of Fame, so that's good. You're, oh! you're going to be. A, you're going to be in the podcast hall of fame. If your own podcast, you're doing great things. You know, you come on here. Yeah. I mean, the podcasting oh. hall of fame, John Gibbons. Hey, this is my favorite right here. When I get the chance to do this right here, man, <laughs> with you boys, there's no question. That's, I mean, I'm being serious too. Well, yeah. I tell you what, the, it, when you host the, 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 the podcast, like you do, it, it's a different, you have to ask questions this way. You just answer. You just, you know, you're just talking. Well, I could probably, uh, yeah, I could probably uh, uh, use to polish up my game a little bit. Oh, oh I don't far, think so. As far as yeah. the host, if, if, anyway. if, you, if you polished up your game, you wouldn't be John Gibbons, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's right, Johnny. I appreciate that, pal. All right, that's John Gibbons, former. By the way, it's less than three years. I, I, I'm seeing John Gibbons back as a manager in a dugout pretty soon. Because if Bochi can wait three years, you, you could wait a little longer, and then yeah. you're getting the job. You got a crystal ball. Hey, well, look at this. Hey, I look at this though. No, I don't know. It's kind of. It's. It, I don't know if there's much of that door is left open. But you, you look. Uh, Brian Snitker won in Atlanta. Then Dusty Baker. Now Bochy, if they win it, that's three old timers, man. They're giving us all hope. At least, at least anyway, what about we the, can uh, celebrate. What about that uh, that sweet bench coach job where you just hang out with the manager and you know give advice every now and then? That's not. I like that job. Well, you, you got to be offered one of those too. You know, it's not, <laughs> you, you know, but you know, speaking of Cito Gaston, right? The fact is, Cito won two and never managed another team. That, if I never get another shot, you know what? I, I don't feel quite as bad because if that, you know what? That, to me, that's, that's no. there's, I don't understand that one. We're, we're starting the new, uh, the new, if, if it's good enough for Bruce Bochy, it's good enough for John Gibbons' campaign. So, you know, but don't forget, you got you to remember though, Bochy had three under his belt. Mm. Yeah, but you 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 did the Toronto version of winning a World Series. You got to the second round. <laughs> <laughs> no, got to the third round. Oh, oh yeah, I was thinking of the hockey. One time, one time, one time, one time. Thanks for this, Gibby. All right, boys, my pleasure, man. Have a good one. You too.
John Gibbons from San Antonio, Texas. Richard and I'll be back after this. John Gibbons can make chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? He really can. He's the he's the best. He's I, a great, I, great I, I have had and and one of the, the fascinating story for me is that I the old radio show, Richard, we would when John was manager, we'd have him on and he would treat you like he was your best friend on the radio. He was fantastic. I'd never met him. I had never met him at that point. When we started this show, uh, we're trying to find a regular group of guys to come on. I reached out to John, never questioned it, came on. And then John and I did, we did an event in Lloydminster, Alberta, or Saskatchewan, depending on which side of the border you're on. And we were there for about three and a half days together. And I have never laughed so hard in my life with John Gibbons, a Texan in Alberta. It was the greatest three and a half days of palling around with a guy that I've had in a long period of time. And since then, it's, you know, it's just two guys shooting the shit and it's just fantastic. He's just the best. Yeah. He, John Gibbons has the unique ability to let people in. That's his gift. He just, he, he, people want to be around him and um, he laughs and he's, he's engaging. And um, you know, there's a reason why people like the guy. It's very hard not to like John Gibbons. And, and I, I am, I'm being sincere when I say, I, I can't, I, I can think of people saying, well, he doesn't have a great resume as a manager, but I'll tell you what, I, I think you want people like John Gibbons around your ball club. I think you do. He's I good for you, baseball. I think you need, I think you need people around your, any sports team, uh, a guy like with, with Gibbons attitude. I, you know, I, I hope he does get back into it. I know he'd love to get back into it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we'll get another managing job, and that, a lot of no. that, you know, no, but, and other stuff. But, but I, to me, like, he should be part of an MLB staff, unquestionably on the field. Well, now, in in, in defense of that, he he did work for Alex Anthopoulos in, in Atlanta, and was, uh, you know, when he decided to do his own podcast, um, the Gibby Show, uh, they said, well, you can't do the, you can't have a podcast and be a scout for the Braves, um, but. Um, you know, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's a place for Gibbons uh, somewhere on a staff or in a front office in Major League Baseball. Hey, by the way, I was listening to one of my favorite radio stations, WGR 55 in Buffalo yesterday. I heard a promo for the Richard Deitch podcast. Mm, that's, uh, that's 30 seconds of your life. You can't get back. I know, but I, I, I said, I know that guy. Now, is that because they're, it's the same company or what? Yes, it is the they the company that bought my not, not my Richard Deitch's podcast company, but Cadence Thirteen, which I do the media podcast for, uh, is Odyssey. So they're a right. big company, and they have stations all over the country, including and, in Buffalo, know, including Buffalo. And so now, yes, you you can occasionally hear me doing a promo for that show, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, listen, you, you can't beat it. No, that got me thinking. We should be buying airtime in Buffalo too. <laughs> yeah I'll be, I'll be honest with you as great as it is john i'm not sure how much i'm seeing on the other side of that if you know what i'm saying <laughs> okay. so that delivery but uh well, but yeah very cool for them to do that i appreciate it. yeah no fantastic of course we you know we we're we have a lot of loyalty to the guys at uh at the wgr, WGR. you know yeah. we got uh you know howard simon who's Eric, now uh, white sock sock pot yeah. well and uh, mike shope was on uh, two weeks ago so yeah, it's a uh, good uh, good bunch of people down there and of course yeah. alan I, davis i uh i will alan. say i will i stream it often 
and just to get my fix of the bills. Yeah. No, and, no better uh, fix. And Alan Davis, who's the, uh, the the key guy there, has uh, started his uh, sports talk radio ventures here in Toronto with the original fan in 1994. So that I did not know. Interesting. You didn't know that Alan's no. been on the show here. Alan's been on. Interesting. All right. So, yeah, it's way back in the uh, in the in the McCown vault somewhere. In about show, uh, I think we're close to show 760, so it would be in about show 85. <laughs> Lift that one up. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so uh, we're going to take a little curve tomorrow. I'm, I'll tease you. We're going to talk about somebody who uh, has made an impact in the game uh, of hockey and in sports, uh, and you will not have heard his name, but he was the man behind the famous headline and cover of Sports Illustrated in 1994. Uh, and I'm going to paraphrase it. Richard, you could probably correct me. It is um, why hockey is hot and basketball is not. Something to that effect. Is that right? Correct. <laughs> so we will talk to Mark Mulvoy tomorrow, who was the editor of Sports Illustrated and is going into the Hockey Hall of Fame as the in the journalism wing uh, in a couple of weeks. Mark's going to join us tomorrow from his house on Long Island. Richard, thanks for this. Thanks, John. That's Richard Deitch. I'm John Shannon. This is the McCallum Podcast.